Hello, friends. I'm Aaron Ross, and welcome to Who's the Ross, the podcast. Today, my guests are NBA All-Star Cliff Robinson, plus hip-hop legend Ishmael Butler, who you may recognize from the group's Digable Planets and Shabazz Palaces. Here's a quick preview. Wait, wait, wait. To quote John Stewart, you're telling me you scored 50 points on Wii. On the Wii. Yeah! Cool like that. Oh. Let's jump right into that bass line. Oh. That bass line. Doom, doom, yeah. doom, doom, doom. Who, where does that come from? Do you know? Yeah, so my man Bun had this record. My man Bun in Philly. As this is my first episode, let me tell you a little bit about me. I grew up loving talk shows. Letterman, Conan, Colbert, they were my idols. And instead of waiting for someone, you know, to give me my own talk show on TV, I went a little unorthodox and just decided to make one of my own that I've done live and online, everywhere from coffee shops to bars to strip clubs. And it's called Who is the Ross? Now, while you likely haven't heard of me yet, I have done over 900 episodes of my show. And now I'm finally converting some of those old and brand new interviews into this podcast. And each time you tune in, I'll present you with two things. One, in-depth interviews with people that I admire. And two, I'll preface those interviews with how I, just a regular guy with no big production team behind him, no booker for guests, was able to connect with these incredible individuals and get them to sit down with me for an in-depth interview. And now, allow me to tell the story of how I met NBA All-Star Cliff Robinson. Growing up, I obsessively watched Cliff play for my hometown basketball team, the Portland Trailblazers. And I looked up to him. I mean, not just metaphorically, but, you know, he's seven feet tall. So, you know, obviously, also literally. Meeting your childhood heroes, that's something that we always have the desire to do. It doesn't matter if you're hosting a talk show or, or, or not. You want to meet these people. But having a talk show, it's a pretty good in for meeting them. And when I saw a good friend of mine hanging out with Cliff Robinson, he posted a picture of him and Cliff online. I thought, well... There's my in. Now, this friend that I'm speaking of is actually a regular on our program, a Portland legend, and likely the provider of the sliced bread that sits in your cabinet. I'm speaking of the man behind Dave's Killer Bread, Dave Dahl. Dave, in fact, just like me, is a huge Portland Trailblazer fan. And while he actually didn't have the contact information for Mr. Robinson, he did pass me on to the friend that had introduced him. That friend gave me Cliff's phone number and through just a couple text messages, Cliff quickly agreed to join me for a live sit-down chat at the venue that had previously hosted my long-running Portland residency, Dante's. What you're about to hear was recorded in January of 2019. You'll notice the crowd is incredibly live, as they always were at Dante's, and we encourage them to be not just passive in watching the interview, but be a part of it. Boy, howdy, were they a part of it. And the results are perhaps my favorite interview that I've ever done. You don't have to even be a sports fan to enjoy this chat. In fact, Cliff was a huge marijuana reform advocate. And uh, well, in the interview you're about to hear, we may have even advocated on stage together. 
if you know what I mean. So, now without any further ado, please enjoy my smoking chat with the sweet, kind, funny, headband fashionisto. Here is Cliff Robinson. 18 years, 17 in the playoffs. Yes, sir. That's your, yes, your, yes. you're that dude. Yes. You're that dude. Yes, yes. I, I won a lot of games. A lot of people, a lot of people don't know. I won a lot of games in the NBA. I, I, yeah. We know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could go games. down the street and just look at people and go, I won a lot of games. I won a lot of games in the NBA. I, I won, won a lot, lot of games in the NBA. I won a lot of games. You don't know, but I won a lot of games in the NBA. Well, you are, you're, <laughs> 50 points with the Phoenix Suns. Yes, sir. 50 points. How does it feel? When you, when you, were, in, you were in the zone that day. Actually, I, was, I missed shoot around that morning. The uh, coaches, he, he almost didn't start me that day. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. I, you smoked when you were in the NBA. I did. And they, are, they were hypocrites. Yeah. And now things are coming around. Mm-hmm. And we've all realized that we love weed. Do you remember... When you were on fire that day, did you get lit? Probably earlier that day. Yo! Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) To quote Jon Stewart, you're telling me you scored 50 points on weed. On the weed. Yo! Earlier that day, I would say I went to the game on the weed, but I did smoke probably that day sometime. I did. Of course. Some point of that day, I did smoke some weed. <laughs> you literally put the blazing in trailblazing. Oh yeah, I would like to think so. When you were, but I'm, I'm sure there was guys prior to Cliff Robinson that smoked weed on the Blazers. I just, I'm just probably the guy that's well, most Bill, Bill recognized Bill because Wall, I was right? taken off the court. Oh, Bill Walton. Of course. Hello. Have you ever smoked? Hello. Have you ever smoked weed with Bill Walton? I would love to. I don't think he would, but I, I would love to. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to broker this deal. Yeah, put that together. I'm gonna get Bill in. Yeah, let's have to. Let's I'll talk to happen. Luke, his son. We can smoke right now, Bill. Let's do it. <laughs> do you do you uh you got any you got anything on you? Uh, I don't. I got. A, <laughs> I probably got a vape pen in my other, in my other coat, but oh. right now, not, not on me right. right now. Someone, let's get. I I don't. I actually don't. Ne- I we smoked it all already. Look at the band. They smoked it all. Uh-oh. Carl, you got something? Stingy. <laughs> you got something? Stingy. <laughs> he said I got something. And he goes, I don't know, dude. Come I don't on, know. Guys. I don't know. Come on, you knew I was coming. You, have <laughs> you listen, knew Uncle Spliffy was Listen, I walk through town and everybody's passing me. Uh, here, Uncle Spliffy, here, here, here. Can we get a lighter? Let's get a lighter. There you go. Oh, shit. Yo, that was, that was nice. Not I think now when day. I walk down the street, I can go, I want a lot of games. Joint for you, sir. Lighter for you, sir. Fuck to the year. Let's get, let's get high and shit. Me, not so much. Got a lot of show to do. <laughs> Shit, me, not so much. I got to keep this motherfucker moving. Is this okay? Moving. We don't have public consent. Ah, they can't fire me. I don't live here anymore. They're going to arrest Stevie, us, just, just bump the smoke thing again. They'll never know the difference. Yeah, man. We are fucking getting trailblazed. Yeah, give me that shit. Don't fight it. Embrace it. There you go. I got baby lungs, you guys. Don't judge me. All right, so, so let me let's let. Shit, man, let's talk. 
All right, all right, all right. You're a you're a trendsetter and a crusader, right, now, now Mr. Now we're doing it. Mr. Cliff Rock. <laughs> now we're doing it, you said. Uh, let's talk about the trendsetting. I want to know about the headband. Like you, like it was crazy. The headband was at an all-time low. And you said, you know what? I'm that dude. I'm, a, I'm bringing headband back. Yeah. Tell me the story about bringing the headband back. Well, my brother, actually, he's not in here right now, but he, he fucked my high top fade up. Excuse me. Your brother there, fucked there was, your high top fade yeah, up? Yeah, there was no barber in town to cut my high top fade, so I had him kind of trim it up, and he fucked it up. So I, uh, <laughs> excuse my language, but I, I trimmed it off, and the next day I asked the, I asked the trainer to get me a uh, to give me a headband so I could uh, cover up that line that he fucked up. Oh shit! That's a way better story than I ever anticipated. Holy shit! True, true story. Let's talk about you being a crusader, as you are clearly crusading right. right now. You are an advocate for marijuana. Get back in there. Let's get back in there, Ross. Uh, you're working towards uh, legalizing social consumption. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Tell us I, about I, that. I, I definitely have. Uh, I mean, it, it makes no sense to be able to uh, have plants and be able to smoke and consume uh, marijuana, but not no have no place to uh, to smoke it. And let's get some weed bars, right, you guys? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it makes it makes more sense than just uh, having to. Uh, it's still like oh. I can smoke it, but it's still behind closed doors. Right. It's hypocrisy. We want to be able to smoke everywhere. Everywhere. What the hell? You, uh, can, drink, you can drink everywhere. Yeah. Why can't you smoke? I, I mean, yeah. nicotine, take that to the back 40. <laughs> take, take, take that to the back 40. You can't smoke that because uh, you know what that's going to do to you. Yeah, but let's, 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 get, let's get weed bars. Let's get social weed places. Yeah, this course. show would be way funnier if we were all, hi. <laughs> Would also be like I'm, I'm four. feeling a little high. <laughs> My guy. But now, I mean, your goal is to end cannabis prohibition in sports. Of course, of course. And That's NBA definitely. seems to be NBA would be the place that we would go to first. Well, I mean, you see a whole lot of guys standing up behind it now, but they're former athletes. I'm a former athlete. You got former athletes, part of the cannabis space. Al Harrington, uh, a lot of different guys out Antonio there. Antonio Harvey, who's uh, been on our, a good N- friend of ours. NFL players out there. Uh, 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 Montana. Uh, just, Jeff, Joe just, Montana. Joe Montana, who just, uh, he's part of a, a cannabis uh, business. So it, it only makes sense for uh, the NBA. I mean, it only, it, it, what's going to take is, is going to take current players to uh, stand out and, and come forward and stand behind the plant. Uh, you got uh, uh, Stand behind the plant. Stand behind the plant. You got uh, David Stern who who took me off the court over and over again. How many times you got me uh, suspended for? It says right here, it says like 50 times. Okay. And, and, and David Stern was the guy who uh, took me off the court 50 times and now he's standing behind the plant. Right. Really? Well, it's hypocrisy. Let's, it's it's a, let's get let's get Adam Silver uh, to uh, get Adam out there. Adam Silver smokes yeah. weed for sure. I bet he does. I bet he does. I bet he does. But there's a lot of people who do. Totally. We just there's need to. There's a lot of people who do. Right. I mean, current players. 
We know, we player. know that. Yeah, we know it. So we might as well just push the keep pushing it forward. What it's gonna take is to keep educating them. Yes, keep educating them. Kill them with the education. Inform them. Let them know what what is what it's about. What it can do. What the positives about it. That's the only thing that's going to work. Well, in, in relieving pain and anxiety, too, you're avoiding those side effects that the opioids have, where people are getting addicted, they can't get off them, and they're hurting themselves, as opposed to when you smoke weed, what's the side effect? Doritos, Funyuns? Doritos, Funyuns, uh, thirstiness. Uh, yeah, here we got water here. Tell me about it, man. Oh, fuck, it's good. Okay. And now here you sit, just living the life, smoking weed and, and wearing a headband, live on everybody's favorite late night talk show ever. Burn Fucking, it down. F- burn it down, boys. Burn that motherfucker down. Uncle Spliff burn has said so. Did you have a nemesis in the NBA? Yes, I did. Kev- Kevin Garnett. Kevin? The- wow. Kevin Garnett. That was a wild response by the audience. No, it was, it's true because... He's a mean MFer. No, he talked a whole lot of shit. Right! Yeah, he talked a whole lot of shit. And right here, when we first moved into the uh, the Motor Center, was the Rose Garden at the time. Always the Rose Garden. He was a, yes. He was a, a young guy, and uh, I have, I was having a great game, and I, I looked over at uh, Skip Saunders at the time, another guy. Uh, great coach, great person. Uh, I looked over at him. I said, Skip, you better get his young ass off of me because I'm killing him. I'm killing him right now. And at that time, I had like 42 at the end of the game. But I I knew he was a good young player and ever since, he said, okay, you're killing him now, but you won't be killing him for long. And I kept that in mind. So the rest of the, every time I seen Kevin Garnett from that time on, I made sure that I played him at, I played him hard. I played him hard on both ends, whether it was offense, defense. I'm giving it to you, motherfucker, because I know, I know you're bringing it because I'm bringing it too. He's up next, but you you showed him a thing or two. You better believe I did. 42 on him. Oh no, whoa. Woo! Don't cut nobody with that thing. You better believe it. Sharpen oh, them up. Yes. Let me let me ask you. I mean, in being a, a, a Blazer legend, who was your favorite player to play with? Um for, for, from the Blazers? From the Blazers. Your favorite to play with. Did you felt you had a connection with? Probably Jerome Kersey. And Jerome Kersey. Jerome Kersey. I love Jerome Kersey to death. Jerome Kersey was my big brother. He showed me how to be a professional. Every day when I came to practice, he whooped my ass and let me know (laughs) that I was not going to get his job. All right. You're not going to get my job today, young fella. You're going to next year. Try next year. Next year. And I tried next year. You know what? And he kept me, he kept me at bay, and he kept me at bay, and that let me know for my 18 years I had to do the same thing, young fella. When you come behind me, get back. <laughs> You're not getting this job. That's cool. Let's hear it for Jerome Kersey. Big brother, big brother, big brother Jerome. Yes, sir. 
Uh, finally, your favorite memory as a trailblazer? It was probably during the 90s when uh, we were going to uh, we were going to the playoffs every year. Uh, Portland was on fire. This, I mean, the fans were on fire. The team was on fire. Uh, we would we would go out of town and come back uh, off the road, and the city would be at the airport. People lined up at the airport. That was probably my favorite memories of just being a part of that time, this city, um, that era. Uh, it's it's still. I mean, it, it touches my heart just to sit here and talk about it. I mean, I, I love it. Send that love back. Come on now. That's love. I could not be more thrilled to have you here. This is a real pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. Everybody, let's give it up. Cliff Robinson from your Portland Trailblazers. I feel so lucky to have been able to sit down with Mr. Cliff Robinson. Oddly enough, I actually saw Cliff three more times the week after this interview. He often introduced me to friends within these three random meetings in the same week as the guy who's going to take over for Jimmy Fallon. Here I was, a kid who admired him, and somehow that admiration was coming back my way. It was a dream come true, and I am eternally grateful for the time we got to spend together. What I hadn't told you was the year before Cliff and I spoke, uh, it was rumored that he had had a stroke. I was privy to this knowledge before he joined me on stage. But upon meeting him for this first time, as the bright lights were on us, the cameras were rolling, I mean, he's coming up some stairs side stage to meet me. I noticed as I helped him to stage that his right hand, as I reached out to kind of help him up, uh, was weakened still by the stroke he'd had. He was standing at just a hair under seven feet tall. He looked amazing. Uh, and the audience was none the wiser to all this, but it immediately that this feeling that there was, there was amidst this man who's, you know, was a physical marvel, um, had been weakened by this, this, this stroke. It immediately made me want to protect him. And oddly enough, that completely disarmed any nerves I would have had, you know, in meeting a childhood idol. There was something very humanizing about this secret, and I, I think that it contributed to the open, honest nature of, of our very light conversation, as you just heard. Cliff passed a year and a half after we spoke. And other than the four times I saw him in that one isolated week at the beginning of 2019, I was never in his presence again. I will never forget how kind he was to me. And I'm so glad that we got to share in his spirit together here in this podcast one more time. So thank you so much for listening. It really does mean a lot. From one childhood idol to another, my next guest is a hip-hop legend, Ishmael Butler. Now you may recognize him as one-third of the group Diggable Planets or from his gloriously spaced out project, Shabazz Palaces. It was the latter that I uh, met Ishmael as a part of 
at the Pickathon Music Festival in Happy Valley, Oregon. We were backstage playing a little game show that I had made up called Rapper Not Rapper, and I wanted to take a quick listen. All right, here we go. Draw, please. Lord Narf. Rapper. Rapper? Didn't I? It's a rapper. That is a rapper. That is correct. Yeah, I mean, Lord, there we go. Lord, no, I like Lord his first mixtape. Her first oh. mixtape. An Atlanta Earth. female MC, Lord Nard. No, okay, that Lord Nard. That game must have made an impact on Ishmael because five years later during the pandemic, in the middle of 2020, when my retired mother and I are just passing the time at her house in Portland, Oregon, doing my show once a week online, Ish was gracious enough to accept my request to join the Ross family for a spirited chat via Zoom. And the results were electric, my friends. As we broke down some of the samples from his classic tunes, we played another game of Rapper Not Rapper, and this was my favorite part. He took a real shine to my mother, and my mother took a real shine to him. There was there was a chance, if you'd listen to this, that that Ish actually became my stepdad during this interview. So let's get into it. It's all fam here with the Rosses and Ishmael Butler. Please enjoy. Yeah. Looking good. Okay, okay, okay. I love your beard. Wow. Look at that. Careful around the dawn of Diamond Dreams, Mom. He is he will he'll get you. He'll bring you up there to Seattle. Wow. Wow. Very distinguished. <laughs> it, it is. It is super dope. Let's talk. Let's yes. talk. Let's jump right into this. You have a new album out on Sub Pop called "The Dawn of Diamond Dreams." Yeah. Uh, they call me the Aaron of awesome alliteration. So I definitely appreciate your alliterative album. We're brothers, We're brothers. yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Great to listen to this record. That if if you put on headphones and you lay down, you go definitely somewhere out of this universe oh that's beautiful i appreciate you taking the time to check it out bro For it's real. a fast learner i think i messaged you as soon as it came out i was like yo fast yeah. learner. It's super fresh <laughs> let's talk about some of the influence to toward this record your your music has been very influential for the past decade because essentially no one's making hip-hop music the way you do oh cool thank you your thank son you. though is now a rapper is that true <laughs> For sure. Lil Tracy, man. For sure. How, has there been a crossover of influence between the two of you? You to him, him to you? Well, mom, she can attest to this. I mean, when you have a kid, they, they, they're a profound influence on you from the from the jump. You know what I mean? So he's been an influence on me and watching him grow up and, you know, relating to him and spending time with him and seeing him from afar and seeing him up close. You just learn a lot, you know, from 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 being with your kids and, and, and dealing with their lives and stuff. So, yeah, I learned a lot from him, man. Always. All my kids, really. But since we talk about him and the music thing, for sure. Especially when he started developing his um, own taste, you know what I'm saying? And then you really get an inside track on the individual, you know. At first, it's like the relationship of a parent. But then you see the youngster break off onto their own little tangents and stuff like that, you know, and that's when you really can pick up on a lot of smooth stuff, you know. Did you feel his influence within this new record? Did did, did you did you? There is a certain sense of of of, of modernism amidst the the space age funk that you present. Uh, yeah. The perfect. Do you, did you feel that from him? 
for sure. Uh, a lot of the like vocal deliveries and sounds and stuff like that are things that I wouldn't necessarily say I tried to copy it, but I understood. I understood what he felt in it and saw in it, and I was curious to um, work with that kind of stuff myself. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that was influence, and and it's a prevailing, you know, modern, you know, what I'm saying style du jour, if you will. But to me, it's based on the sound, and everybody can do different things with the sound. So I wanted to check it out a little bit, and that was based on him for sure. Oh, when and, the, when... and my and my other daughters too, like they're into a lot of cool music too. It's like, but yeah, jazz for sure. How old are your children? So we can get an idea of what. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. D is twenty nine. Kyla's twenty four or three, I think. And so is Jazz. He's twenty four, I think. Oh, oh they're are they're twins. No. They were just born the same year. Wow. Yeah. That's that's blowing mom's that, mind. Yeah. But what I'll clue her I, into I'm is confused. that it's not that it's, it would be different, different women, different mothers, oh. different mothers. Oh. That blew her mind. She's like, Miles thought it was a physical life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, One guy just stayed in there longer and didn't. No, 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 no. Oh man, um, let's let's let's. <laughs> I could see. I could watch it. The the mind explosion. Like this poor woman. How did she? She had one in February and one one in November. <laughs> this dude's got that super super. Oh goodness. <laughs> Oh goodness! Oh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about the the daughters. Um, yes. You just released a song on on the dawn of Diamond Dreams uh, music video this weekend for mother, essentially you know for Mother's Day and rep, uh, celebrating all women called thanking the girls. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, that my, sounds very romantic. Well, it's but it's fam though. That's well. The the second verse is about my daughters. The first verse is about. Yeah. romances that I've had and yes. had the pleasure of, yeah. and, you know, experiencing. You know? <laughs> but yeah. but it's all, it's really all about ladies yeah. and women and yeah. girls that I knew when I was a boy and women that I knew when I was a boy, aunts and, you know what I mean? Just yeah. the, the, the females that you come across in your life, um, the depth of experience and learning and like excitement and mm-hmm self-reflectiveness that you get that I got from it I was at that time I, I was feeling it for some reason really deeply and um made a song about it you know what I'm saying? again the dawn of, dawn of diamond dreams is trying to my mom's gonna be getting that ticket up to Seattle soon goodness boy no you're crazy man uh, I, there's nothing so romantic as a man who really loves women Mm. There's something that you know you you can't make that up. That's right. Either you feel it or and you and you are completely and that radiates from you. Which oh, is, thank you. let me tell you, very sexy. There it is. Oh, now we're. Thank you. <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, you know, it's it's really it's really like a testament to the yes. to the ladies that I grew up around. You know what I mean? How they yes how they taught me things and carried themselves and, and yeah. spoke and acted and behaved that I yeah. made me understand, you know, develop my sensibilities and what I was going to be into and what I liked and stuff, you know? So it's not just romantic, but it's always romantic. 
full of romance just because yeah. it's it's love. It's emotional. It's, 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 yeah. it's love. Right. It's, it's right. you know, that we feel, um, you know, I, I appreciate uh, the opposite sex, uh, but you appreciate them in different ways. Yes. You know, yes. and uh, the enrichment that they bring. And I know what you're saying exactly. It's right that on. joy that they brought your, to your life. That's right. And I, I, I get you, man. I get right you. Right on. <laughs> Right on. Oh, right on, Mom. This is this is. Let, let's let's stay on that topic. You're Barbara's son. That's right. Tell That's us right. about what she gave you as an artist growing up. Mm. How does she shape you? What things are there? Records that were around? Was there something she pushed you into, or 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 just her faith in you? It was like the 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 records, the art, the the the, the stuff that was like the things on the surface. You know what I'm saying? The fundamentals. I feel like was like getting up every day, going to work, having um, friends and colleagues that liked her and, and also respected her and also have fun with her and brought out sides of her that as a kid, I, I only got a chance to observe. And as I got older, I started to understand the roots of them in her psychology and stuff. So just at every moment, she was always something that <clears throat> was strong and like, um, taught me things, but that I, that I also like just personally, you know what I'm saying? So I got lucky, you know what I mean? So I definitely a hundred percent. I mean, it's the same on my end. My mother's gave me the gift of silliness, the appreciation for silliness that said, very silly. Don't care what people think, you know, be you smile. And it has radiated to this day. And it's even, look, we did this under quarantine Yes. You know, to do it, but it has been the greatest joy to get to do the show with my mom. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice. happiness. You know, I, how would I have met, met you, right? That's right, yeah. And here, here you are in my living room. I'm in your s- studio. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what, what can be better? <laughs> That's right. Man, we dope. We're dope. <laughs> yeah. We, we want to do, we want to school mom real fast. Is that, is that cool? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready to learn. Now okay. we had Slim Kid Trey of the Far Side on. He did this 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 bit with us called "Bridging the Gap with Mama." Okay. And essentially, we talked about a few of his classic songs, and he gave us the sample so that Mom could connect perhaps music she had heard to the music that came later. You know, the the bridging the gap between the jazz or the rock or funk samples that she yeah. might have heard towards your work. So okay. I wanted to ask about a couple of. Uh, Diggable Planet songs, a couple of classics, yeah. and see if we could discuss those samples. Is that chill? Let's do it. All right. Gotta go with Rebirth of Slick. Cool like that. Uh-huh. Let's jump right into that bass line. Uh-huh. That bass line. Doom, doom, yeah. doom, doom, doom. Who, where does that come from? Do you know? Yeah, so my man Bun had this record. My man Bun in Philly. He was in this uh, group that the original, uh, that Doodlebug was in. This is Digable Planet stuff for all those people who don't know. Old school group, rap group back in the days. Had a song called Rebirth of Slick. And so my man Bun had that record. I said, man, I got to get my hands on it. But it's an Art Blakey record, if I'm not mistaken. And That is correct. And it's, it's a, not... Um, it's Stretching. Is it? Stretching, yeah, from 1978. Stretching by Art Blakey, yeah, no doubt. And that was just how the record started. That was the, the first sound you heard right there. That bass. Yeah, the song, the sample song basically kind of progresses like the song we did ourselves. You know what I mean? It it builds up. But that first 
porn line, I just stopped it after the uh, first bar and looped it, you know what I'm saying? But it goes on and on into some super duper complex and crazy stuff. Art Blakey and uh, Jazz Messengers, man. That's right. And so there's two samples in there. There's the bass line and the horns, right? Yes. The bum ba da bum ba da bum ba da and then and then the the and there's there are several samples i don't have this down but i, I want to say there's like four different records sampled to, huh. to make that um okay. there's also the the drum track in it is the classic do you remember nah but it, it was probably chopped up like there's on a, a couple on like an mpc file yeah what was it uh well the the, the main part is uh, impeach the president the, the honey drippers the class, which yes. is which is essentially that and funky drummer are by 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 the James Brown band are the like the basis for hip hop music. Yeah, because back in them days they used to have this thing called Ultimate Breaks, and Ultimate Breaks was a combination. I mean, a compilation of hip hop samples, and it was like it would come in volumes: volume one, volume two, volume three. And then Peach the President was on one of the volumes. But every producer that made sampled hip hop music. You had to have that at your crib. That's where you was getting a lot of your drum sounds and stuff from. So I'm sure that's real. Well, that's the where that about it is what you needed essentially to do the sampling on the early devices was you needed something that was a break. You needed a break that didn't have anything else there. So if you had a drum break, then you could loop that out. And that's what's great about Impeach the President or obviously the Funky Drummer. So. Yes. But let's talk. I want to talk about a sample on another song that you okay. used. I feel like Nardwar now. If anyone, have you ever seen Nardwar? Ever met Nardwar? Has Nardwar interviewed you? Nah, I actually, um, I'm a little upset that I've never been interviewed by Nardwar. Out of all the things in in this world, I'm like, why well, haven't I, haven't I earned that yet? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I gotta you, work harder. I gotta you work had, harder. That's good that it drives you like MJ. But I'll tell you, you have, you deserve that. Nardwar is this sort of almost savant Canadian rock journalist who can find the deepest information about your music that you don't know. So as I was saying, you know, he has, and he has this high pitched voice. So he'll be like, now let's talk about this part of the song. Yo, Ross, the- you know what you should do? I'm going to send this to him. Nah, you should, um, you should get the first Nardwar interview, bro. Interview me. Hey. No, nah, not you Nardwar. should interview Nardwar. Does nah. has anybody ever just rolled up on him with some old school pictures? On Nardwar. Come on, man. Roll up on Nardwar, man. Where does he live at? <laughs> does he really even look like that? Come I on, think he's man. in BC, and I'm not sure he does actually look like that. Come on. I'm gonna roll up. But think about his think about the reach that he has, his resources, and how he's able to pull stuff together. He's probably yeah. like, come on, man. His team's gotta be crazy. Come on. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> Let me hit up this sample of uh, Black Ego. Oh, nice. Let's see. Second track of Blowout Comb. We were saying how Impeach the President is clearly a break, but the guitar lick on that record. Oh, that's Grant Green. Bingo. Yes. I don't remember the song, but I know it was the soundtrack. I only bought the record because of the cover. It was like this like painting of his brother with the afro on the front. It's, I forget the name of the movie, but had the movie thing in Grand Green, you know what I'm saying? And then he just came out with the come on. Luana's theme. Yeah. Luana's theme. Seeing uh, someone play that live on guitar is very impressive. 
Well, the cat we got, yeah, he, he's nasty. You know what I'm saying? Thaddeus yeah. Turner, man. He, he goes by the name Thadalak, and he's a Seattle, you know, luminary legend. So, yeah, he can he can do that and, and more. Aww. Well, Thadalak's the perfect segue, my friend, into the game I've been waiting five years to play with you again. Okay. Five years. Rapper, not rapper. Wow. Oh, wow. The legendary. We yes. got to do this game five years ago at Pickathon. And uh, I have a feeling you're going to get one of the best scores of all time today. I'm throwing out. I remember I wasn't good last time. Well, you got the worst score last time. Oh, you're going to improve. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one place to go but up. Hey. Here it is, everybody. It's time for Rapper Not Rapper with Ishmael Butler of Shabazz Palaces. Number one. Here we go. Yes. Zanakin Skywalk. I mean... I would say that it shouldn't be, but it is. Exactly right. It shouldn't be, but it is. That's right. Zanakin Skywalk out of San Francisco. His song Macho has over a million plays on YouTube. Shout out Zan. I guess it should be one then. I was wrong. That's what's up though. Shout out Zanakin, man. What's his song called? I'm going to check him out. Macho. Zanakin with an X, Zanakin Skywalk. That's what's up. I actually like it now. We'll send that list over for you afterwards. Maybe we'll get some post rapper, not rapper reviews on the next go round. Uh, Here we go. Number two, rapper, not rapper, Lil COVID. Yeah, rapper. It is. Yeah. During quarantine, there are now four different Lil COVIDs on YouTube. Wow. Scary fact, one of their songs uh, from uh, one of the essentially the most successful Lil COVID has a song called Corona that has almost 4,000 views on YouTube. Very good. That's kind of performance art too, though, in a way. You should check it out. Oh, you saw it. Yeah, all I can say is that, you know, when that guy rhymes Corona with Bona, it is. Okay. Okay, I see. Baby girl, I just wanted to come over. But goddamn, I ain't trying to get sick. Fuck Corona, Rona, Rona. Girl, I wish that I could bone you, but I can't go out. Gotta stay in my house, yeah. The truth is, I swear to God, three of the little COVIDs, the first verses rhyme Corona with Bona. They're all separate. They're all coming like from different places, but the same place. You know what I mean? That probably would even got them to do it. Like, yo, it rhymes with Bona. Like, when they came up with the whole shit. Like, I've always wanted to do this. Oh, my goodness. Okay, here we go. Wow. Two for two. Let's go to number three. Rapper, not rapper. Okay. Daddy Longsack. Nah, man. It, I mean, wait. <laughs> You're you know correct. What? Daddy, I'm gonna, I, I'll hold you there. All right, good, I'm not letting good. you switch answers. Daddy Longsack was made up. You should go with your first instinct. <laughs> Daddy Longsack. But but he could be real soon because I remember the first thing we asked you and Tendai when we did Rapper Not Rapper at Pickathon was Young Baby. Uh And you were like, no, Young Baby's real. And I was like, it hasn't happened yet. Right. And I checked back and it still hasn't happened yet, but there's like a little baby and a baby. Uh, But uh, Daddy Longsack will probably, he'll probably be dropping in. You know what'll be dropping? 
<laughs> He'll probably be dropping all <laughs> Damn nuts. Come on. Here we go. Rapper, rapper, number four, degenerate queen. Queen with a K, W-E-E-N, degenerate queen. Man, I feel like that's a rapper, man. I'm sorry. Degenerate Queen is not a rapper. <laughs> it was a handle my friend saw on OkCupid. Okay. Oh. So I was like, but how do you know that that person doesn't rap, man? Uh, uh, that's right. Because I looked him up on all yeah. platforms. Okay, okay. Oh, so I did, did, I did my research. I did my research. I'm trying to mess with ish. I'm trying to get the ish from ish. All right, three yeah. out of four. Let's keep going here. Number five, rapper, not rapper. Jackie Chain. I would say that's a rapper. Jackie Chain is a rapper. That's wow, right. Jackie Chain good. out of Alabama. Uh, yeah. His song Parked Outside featuring Bun B. Oh, wow. Has almost 300,000 plays on YouTube. Nice. Jackie nice. Chain. Nice. And Shout Jackie Chain was a tribute yeah. to you because you came up with Yao Bling last time. Uh, when we finished Rapper Not Rapper, Ish was mad at his score. <laughs> yes. And he said, yo, how about yes. Yao Bling? And I said, that's a great one. He goes, no, Rapper Not Rapper. And I said, it's far too clever. And you were like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. that's dope, though. It yeah. is, man. Yeah. Very dope. There's still no Yao Bling. So jump on still it, Rapper. Still no Yao Bling. Wow. Still no Yao Bling. Yeah. Here we go. Four out of five. Number six, okay. rapper, not rapper, Baby Sippy Cup. That's a rapper. No, I'm sorry. Baby Sippy Cup does not exist. I'm sure? I'm, I'm sure. Okay. If we have to retroactively give you a point back, I will do it in post. But uh, uh, as I'm of right, have my team get on that and get 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 at you with some facts, some metadata, man. We'll have okay. to we'll have to throw out Degenerate yeah. Queen and, and Baby Sippy Cup. Well, I'll <laughs> send him Nardwar, see what he can come up with. Yeah. Uh, we are four out of six. Let's close strong. Rapper, strong. not rapper, strong. number seven. R.I.P. Enos. <laughs> <laughs> R. Not R. rapping, man. Not no, R.I.P. Enos is not. And I've been sitting on R.I.P. Enos for months. <laughs> I was holding that one out for so long. R.I.P. Enos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <man>. <laughs> <laughs> It's so stupid. You see it, Mom? Is, yes, yes. It's dumb. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, man. This is great. Five out of seven. Let's close strong. Here we go. Rapper, not rapper. Last one, number eight. Okay, whoa. Young, bruh. Young. Bruh. I'm going to say <laughs> that Young Bruh is definitely a rapper. He is. And do you yeah. know who he is? I know this. I know this, man. I'm not going to look around for any help because I know this. He is my son. Yes, you got it. <laughs> it was your son. Wow. You're a hell of an actor. I told you, man. Uh, your son, Little Tracy's <laughs> original moniker is Young Bruh. We had to include it into clothes. That's great. Well That's done. Great. Six did, out of eight. You did wonderful. I'm back, bro. <laughs> you are. Yo, you've never been gone. You've never. No, I was, because of that low score, I was kind of on the outskirts of the game until now. And now. 
Thank you for the opportunity to get back in the game, man. Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years. Yes. When I saw you at the tie spot, I wanted to mention it, but I was just like, you know, it was the wrong time, man. So thank you. You're so welcome, man. I mean, yes. it's look, it is such a pleasure to get to speak to you. Let's do it again soon. Yes. Thank yes. you, Mom. Nice to meet you. Have a good one. Yes. Stay healthy, y'all. Yes. Take it easy. Yes. The dawn yes. of Diamond Dreams. We'll see you soon, man. Everyone yes. pick up Later. that record. Right on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Have a great night, Bye. brother. You too. Peace. <laughs> so there you have it. Those are my chats with my childhood idols, Ishmael Butler and Cliff Robinson. If you had told 11-year-old Aaron Ross, who was obsessed with Portland Trailblazer basketball and Diggable Planets, that I would get to speak to members of both, I don't think he would have believed it. If anything, he would have thought I was real cool. So thanks, little me, for liking current me. That feels good. But let's talk about the moral of the story of just how all this came to be. One, I had a passion for my craft. Two, I believed in myself. Three, I never stopped doing it. And four, I wasn't afraid to ask people to sit down with me or ask their friends or their friends' friends to make that connection. So all I can say is don't be afraid of no. And that tomorrow's no could be today's yes. And that bumper sticker is available at my website, whostheross.com. Kidding, not kidding, just kidding. It's not there yet, but I mean, if you listen to this and thought that was a cool bumper sticker, I'll make them. Speaking of where you can also find me uh, out there in the interwebs, uh, it's at Who's the Ross on all social media platforms if you want to see what I'm up to right now. Okay, that's all for this episode. Next time on the program, I can't wait for you to tune in and enjoy an in-depth, insightful interview with three crew members from 2023's Best Picture at the Academy Awards, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Their Oscar-nominated costume designer, Shirley Carrada, joins me. Plus, production designer Jason Kisvarde and set decorator Kelsey Ephraim. This movie changed my life, and if you've seen it, it probably changed yours too. I was so lucky to get to sit down with these three incredibly talented, creative individuals who love getting weird. That's all for now. Stay Rossum, my friends, and we'll see you next time on Who's the Ross? The podcast. Podcast.